0: I'm gonna go It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT. As we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL, this is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleeping mind? Look, the elephant in the room is... The majority of our audience are Raider fans, and they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20-plus years have been hard, and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands.
1: JT The Brick. Are you kidding me?
0: It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness. Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now, sound off like you got a pair. Here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. JT here in Vegas. Thanks for listening to the show. We greatly appreciate your time. As we continue on here, we're brought to you by Resorts World, where I was last week when I had my parents in town. We cruised through Resorts World. They wanted to see it again and again and again. Went to Wally's for some food. My dad loved it, loved it. Fantastic glass of wine right out there on that indoor patio where the big globe is. Fantastic. Resorts World, where you'll find us doing remotes this year. We'll do a lot with Resorts World's a doghouse saloon for Monday night football. will be back. And the Raiders have a Monday night game or two. Uh, they got some games going on, so it's going to be a lot of fun this year. The primetime schedule for the Silver and Black. Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, now saying it's official, subject to approval Tom Brady agrees to buy a minority stake in the Raiders, first reported by Albert Breer. Retired quarterback Tom Brady has struck a deal to buy a minority stake in the Raiders. Uh, Albert Breer was the first one to bring it there. The transaction must now be approved by the league. It won't happen at this week's meetings. Brady already owns a minority stake in the WNBA's Las Vegas Aces, a team also owned by Mark Davis. According to Florio, there's no reason to think the league won't approve Brady to join the ranks of owners other than his 2016 suspension for removing air from footballs. Remember that back in the day, his involvement with FTX, the crypto exchange, and uh, the blaze which imploded with Bitcoin. If and when he's approved, Brady becomes one of them, a junior member of the club's. I have no problem with this. Whoever owns a team, Mark Davis is the majority owner. He'll remain the majority owner. If he wants to take on investors, people want to get involved, no problem with that. No problem at all, and normally this happens a lot in sports. Now, the big surprise is this. Why wouldn't he be a minority owner of New England? Why wouldn't Robert Kraft offer him the same deal that Mark Davis would offer? I don't know. Don't know. No one knows. But you would think Robert Kraft would have offered him some type of opportunity. He'll be back this year. There's going to be a retirement Jersey ceremony, all that. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame as a Patriot. But maybe he loves the business opportunities here in Las Vegas, and this is a better fit for him. So when the Raiders make this official, which they're not because the owners can't vote on it now, at this week's meeting, it'll happen down the road. The next time the owners get together, most likely, and it will be official, but it's an official topic today, at least to have opinions on this. And again, this does not move the needle for me. It's a big story because Brady's a big brand, And it's Las Vegas, but I think I know the reaction of a lot of Raider fans. A lot of Raider fans don't care about this at all. They just want to win games. And we're going to be talking about winning games a lot as we will be in the building on Thursday. As there's going to be some interviews going, the head coach is going to meet with the media. Uh, Thursday is a big day in Raider country this week. Raider man joins us up north in the Bay Area. appreciate you calling in on a Monday. What's happening? Right on,
2: JT. What's going on, Doc? I guess my timing is absolutely freaking horrible today. I get preempted by that news, but it's none of my business. I mean, you know, the rich get richer, and I don't even have enough money to compete. So, you know, like, you know, it's blessings on everybody that got an opportunity to have their hand in the pot. I mean, I'm loyal to the Shield. My thing is all about Raiders, and you know, realistically, it's not even really the time for that. I mean, I heard this was a the the the, the James Brown tribute day. Mm-hmm. I heard Uncle Stoner dude on talking about it. I, I kind of wanted to touch and base on that, Please. but. I will say that if we project them forward as an organization, I mean, I I would just put it like this. I'm I'm a lot more concerned with finally getting an opportunity to be able to do the Raider Oath when they fire up that torch or something like that before I go out there and go watch my Silver and Black hit the field. You know, everything that's going on upstairs, it never really trickles down to the fans anyway. So, you know, I just just choose a fifth on that one. But as far as Jim Brown, man, you know, I want to say God's rest to, you know, O.G., Numero uno in my book. I mean, he should really be in everybody's book because, you know, human beings don't really get a chance to be transcending heroes. I mean, like literally human superheroes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he was an idol for me. I I don't really choose a whole many idols, but if there was ever one to check the box, Jim Brown was that for me. You know, he kind of inspired my spirit with doing Raider Man and all the rest of that stuff. And I had an opportunity to meet with him. He actually shook my hand and looked really, really deep into my eye. He spoke some serious words into my spirit and fired me up. He heard uh, I hadn't done the Raider Oath openly yet, but I was working on it at the time. And it was just like he it was an American uh seminar mm-hmm. that he did. An American Summit at the American College in Oakland. And I also had the opportunity to coach alongside uh Roland Williams when he was doing his coaching clinic. And he had everybody in there, all these youngsters and everybody in the room and, and all of the coaches and, and he took time with each and every one of us to really truly speak to each mm-hmm. and every individual in that room. And that's the kind of person that I admire. That's the kind of person I want to be. That's the person I'm working on being. So this weekend, literally yesterday, I got in the studio and I started uh, pumping out my podcast. I'm not going to do no cheap plug here. But, no, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. RaiderMan.com. RaiderMan19.com. Please check in, man, because I'm I'm doing something for my local area here in Richmond. I'm going to be spotlighting a lot of our kids in these local youth programs Mm -hmm. and see if we can, you know, raise up some more human beings to to be uh, contributors to the society, man, to get humanity back. So I appreciate this time Thank to you. Say, uh, God rest to Jim Brown and God rest. Hug people while they're alive, man.
0: Thanks, Raider, man. Good luck with the podcast. I follow him on Facebook, too. Excited about that. Another voice out there in the Raider Nation with a podcast, RaiderMan19.com. Download it and share it. These podcasts, I was talking to Bobby about it before the show. I got a few of them. The only way they make money is if you listen to them. It's not like radio. I know what I'm going to make here generally every year. Because we have advertising, and we have advertising that I bring in and the station brings in as teamwork, your podcast. You need people to download them, and they got to click and subscribe. That's why I asked you to subscribe to mine, JT and Looney. Just click on one link, and you're subscribed, and then you can listen to it. It'll come right to your inbox. But good to hear from Raider, man, as we bring in Gangster Raider before Harry Ruiz, who's on hold. Go ahead. What's happening? Take your time.
3: Man, um... I was really thrown back when I found out the news about Jim. I had heard, I had got a f- couple of phone calls before that was a possibility, but I got the confirmation from you when you announced it on um, JT on the air. And I just want to say Jim Brown was like a hero to me. Like, cause I was a running back and when I played football and I wore 32 really because of Jim Brown and Marcus Allen, but really mostly Jim Brown. You know what I mean? And I like how he was a man. He was a man you know, back when they used to call us boy, he was a man, and he made sure you respect him as a man. You know what I'm saying? And not only was he a great athlete, he was a movie star. You know what I mean? Seeing back then, you know when there was no real black movie stars, he was a black action hero, like you said. So he was like a trailblazer, and 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 not only that, he was he was humanitarian. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, he did the little summit. With Muhammad Ali, and they came to his aid when, when he was trying to go through his tribulation when they took his belt and everything, and they did the summit and everything. And, and not only that, he could have stopped there, but he also chose about cared about us in the hood because you know what I'm saying. Like I'm from L.A., and I don't know a lot of people don't know, but he had a lot of um, hands on. To do with the gang violence out here and the gang truce in L.A. Because mm-hmm. after Y.D. King got beat up, it was a gang truce out here in L.A. And my neighborhood was the only neighborhood in L.A. that wasn't down with it. And so we supposed to have had two weeks to get down with it. All the go- other gangs in L.A. was supposed to go against us. Jim Brown came and stopped that. He came to our neighborhood. He was hanging on us in the block, and he even opened a mayor I can office in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that stopped. That stopped what could have been a real major bloody war in L.A., you know what I'm saying? And he stopped all that. And he took us up to his house in Hollywood, the top of the hill, mm-hmm. treated everybody like we was kings. You know what I'm saying? We was, we didn't think nobody cared about us before that, you know what I'm saying? But he showed us somebody cared, and he made me stop Doing what I was doing, it made me start caring about the community. I'm 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 an activist now because of his influence. You know
4: what
3: I'm saying? Mm-hmm. i done started programs to stop at risk youth from you know going into gangs and stuff like that because of his influence. You know what I'm saying? And so, man, i I just want to give him his flowers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where, like I wish I could have gave it to him with he. I you know I chopped it up with him, but not like I mm-hmm. I wish I could have. You know what I mean? But. Right. He was a king to me, and salute you, king. God bless you. Rest in power. Nice so, phone,
0: JP. nice phone call. Appreciate that. And I was up at the house too. I was up at his house at the top of Hollywood in the hills. His house, he built. He, I think he bought it in the '60s. It was a classic old school house. And living below him, below him on a cliff. Imagine this: Hollywood Hills, right up Sunset Strip to the top of the hill. And there, there were people living underneath him who had some of the nicest homes in the world. And Jim had a very humble house. And I took my father up there because we had a deal for four or five years on the radio. And every year we'd get him to sign the contract. And I always told this story, Bobby, one of my favorite things was I would get him to sign the one-sheet contract. And then I would take the contract and I'd photocopy it. And I'd give the photocopy to the secretary of where I worked. I wasn't going to give her the real contract with his real signature. So I have about four or five of his autographs on a contract. That means everything to me, not to sell or anything, to pass down to my son's. A beautiful, beautiful penmanship of Jim Brown. And that was really important to me. And then one time I took my dad up there. And my dad was in town and I called his wife, Monique, and said, Monique, my dad's here. He'd like to meet Jim. She said, hold on. Jim got on the phone and said, bring him up. And we left over Sherman Oaks and drove into Hollywood and met him and went up to the house. And it was a moment like I'll never forget. My dad, who is now going to be 85 this Wednesday. So my dad turns 85 Wednesday, same day as my son, who will turn 22. Wow, that's going fast. And I had my dad up on the backyard by the pool with Jim Brown for a good 45 minutes to an hour drinking iced tea, talking sports. A highlight of my life. That's still to this day an absolute highlight of my life. Harry Ruiz joins us. Appreciate his time. As always, the Latino voice of the silver and black. And Harry, need to catch up on a lot. The breaking news that it looks like it's all but official until they announce it. Tom Brady going to have a minority interest in the Raiders. You're diehard Raider Nation. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, it it is what it is. And to be honest, I think it's going to bring more positive than negative towards Mm -hmm. the the Raiders. And even like if if I look at it as a fan, people can be complaining and be like, no, but it's Brady. It's that Patriots past. It's this and that. You can look at it this other way. It's glass half full, glass half empty. It's like, yo, you've always complained about the officials, right, about the way that the officials look at the Raiders. If you got Tom Brady on your side, that's a huge positive. So (laughs) we shall see. And I'm like, hey, it's a minority stake. There's a lot of uh, famous people all around the world that got minority stakes on teams. This is still the Raiders. This team is the Raider Nation's team. Mark Davis isn't going to let it go to other hands. Yeah,
0: and it's interesting here because I'm not going to speculate on how much he's going to owe. Uh, owned, but Mike Florio said, quote, it's unclear how much Brady would purchase. It likely would be a very small piece, even at 1%. Brady would be looking at a price tag from 40 to $60 million for 1%. I think that proves the point that there aren't a lot of minority people, a minority of uh, uh, former athletes who can buy into a team because a lot of athletes don't have that much money on the side to invest in any sports team. That's a lot of money.
1: And even if it's a 0.1% right. or 0.5%, it's a lot of money, but I was talking about it on the radio the other day this, this way. Look at the way that the Washington Commanders, the Snyders, they paid $800 million, and right now their franchise is over $4 billion. So that's over 300% of the value from when they originally purchased the franchise. So even if he throws in $10 million and you can make your money even higher in the future just by investing in the NFL, there's no better business in the world than the NFL. You're going to make money by buying into
0: the NFL Harry Ruiz, so Harry as you've been uh, jumping in with me, hosting for me and you're on other platforms uh, what have you digested in regards to this roster now with what they've done in the season with free agency and then the draft, I think a lot of Raider fans are pretty optimistic especially on the offensive side of the ball that the team has really o- o- um, upgraded and the defense we know brought in a couple of new starters and hopefully a starter or two via the draft what do you think of the roster, what's changed for you?
1: And I'm hoping not just a starter in Tyree Wilson, but a star in this league that you can develop into one. And heck, I know you saw that picture on Twitter today, JT, of the NFL posting Tyree Wilson with the number nine Mm -hmm. and just extending his arms. And I saw somebody say, oh, mini Max Crosby. I'm like... Tyree Wilson is an inch taller than Mike Crosby, and his wingspan is five inches longer than Max Crosby. And he's going to be a rookie. Can you imagine if this guy develops to what the Raiders want him to? This can be uh, the next coming of the biggest, the next big t- defense event for the Raiders. So I've liked the moves that the team has made. There were some head-scratchers like in the third round of the draft where I was looking towards other positions, but they prioritized defensive tackle with Byron Young that a lot of people that were experts in the draft said it was a reach, but then as more and more I I dove into Byron Young, I was like, okay, I get it why they drafted him. And then you go to Trey Tucker, and you've seen everything that the Patriots in the past with Josh McDaniels as their offensive coordinator did with two slot receivers. You're like, okay, it makes sense if you got both Tucker and Renfro in the lineup. So you just got to digest. Of course, in the heat of the moment, there's people that you can't convince even explaining things. But for me, I have liked what the Raiders have done with this roster. And, of course, it all depends on the play of the quarterback. How long is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be on the field? Is it going to be his first season since 2019 that he doesn't miss a game due to injury? And that's what the Raider Nation hopes that the quarterback is able to play all, every game and that he's able to command his team to the playoffs and potentially win there.
0: All right, we're wrapping up with Harry Ruiz. You did talk about that number nine, and I'm looking at it now. NFL.com put it out, talking about how massive Tyree Wilson is. And also here, they all, the NFL put this out, that Josh Jacobs has changed his number to number eight going back to his Alabama years. What do you think of that number change to number eight for him?
1: That's fantastic. And I had inside sources. When those jerseys went on clearance at the Raider Image, it's like, yo, he's going to change his number. He's been wanting to do it for a while, but he didn't want to pay all that allotment that was in Raider Image. That was at NFL.com at Fanatics. It's like, yo, it it was a smart decision for him to just wait. He's been wanting that number eight. That would be a fantastic one-two punch. You got number eight on offense number nine on defense, and you go back to number 10 on offense, I like it. I like that for, for J.J., going single digits, and it's going to be fun to watch him on the field, hopefully in silver and black. And look, with this happening and this becoming official and Josh putting it on his social media, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that that means that there's positive movement when it comes to a potential extension and agreement with the franchise.
0: Yeah, the Ray Guy number here and what's happening there with oh, all, yeah. these, all these uniform changes in numbers. Harry, what do you got going on rest of the week? Soccer, when you're going to be on the radio again? What's happening?
1: Yeah, I'll be back on the air here on JT on your show yep. Wednesday, but I'll be doing uh analysis, pre-game, post-game intermission for the Golden Knights on nice. Tuesday and Thursday, so we'll be on the air there with uh Jesus and Locotlan Lopez and with Herbert Castro. Wednesday with you, I got soccer on Friday. I'll be covering uh AEW wrestling. Wednesday and Sunday working the event, so that that'll it'll be a very busy week. But that's how we want him, JT. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get uh, on your
0: level, man. Yeah, uh, well, stay busy, my friend. Uh, that's how that's how I stayed in this business this long. Take every shift you can, every job you can. You get better and better every time I hear you. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it.
1: Appreciate you, JT. Have a fantastic week. Happy birthday to your dad, man. Yeah,
0: thank you, Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black. Very good there. Uh, He'll be in here on Wednesday as I'll be part of the Raiders golf tournament, official golf tournament on Wednesday. And looking forward to that Thursday, I'll be broadcasting this show live from the Raiders inside the facility. As we get ready for the coach to meet the media, Uh, there's going to be some player, hopefully availability, whatever's going to happen. And I'll be there that day and we'll be broadcasting another Raiders round table. A lot more to get to when we came back Uh, with this Tom Brady story is breaking the internet, but not so much here on the flagship Traditionally what we do is we wait for the Raiders to make things official. Right? We're on the official team flagship. But everybody's got it. That that's what's happening. Brady's going to be a minority owner and the big names in sports are all confirming it. But it's not going to be official until the owners vote on it. And that'll happen at the next not the one this week. So it could be a while. I don't know exactly when they're going to meet again. I'll find out on that and then it'll be all over sports center. They'll probably be I don't know. I don't think you need a press conference for a minority owner because Most of the time that doesn't happen. But this is Tom Brady, who has one of the best brands in all of sports here. 702-365-9200. Waiting to hear from hockey fans again today. Vegas Golden uh, Knights up 2-0 in the Western Conference Finals. 2-0. is a great place to be. The game was absolutely incredible. Overtime win. We'll talk more about that. Also, no Laker fans today. Lakers are on life support. If you listen to this show, I told you that. Told you they didn't have a chance. Told you the Lakers didn't have a bleeping chance. I didn't think they'd get swept. I hope they don't get swept and go for another day of games. Let's see if the Lakers can get off the mat and get Anthony Davis and LeBron going and at least go back to Denver and try to put up a fight there. Or they're on their way to Cancun. one two, three, Cancun. JT on the flagship of the silver and black.
5: Uh, Everybody had a chance to talk to him, to question him, to give their opinions, to give their thoughts. And it was a fantastic meeting because at no time did Ali indicate that he would go in the service under any circumstances. Says Brown after the meeting, the champ is sincere in his religious beliefs. He believes in his religion and his stand is based wholly on that. Clay's induction refusal cost him his title and he faces a 5 year prison sentence.
0: He claims exemption as a minister of the black Muslim faith. Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali were highlighting the life of Jim Brown, and we'll do that the rest of the show. You can always call in on Jim Brown. Uh, One of the biggest regrets of my career is all the interviews that I've done with him. I don't have them. I wish I had them all. I was pretty good at that. I have some CDs, and back in the day, we used to take interviews and put them on CD. And I know we had it at my previous employer, and I just wish I had him. It would be a prized possession. All the conversations I had with him on radio, most of them were not about sports. It was about civil rights. It was about the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. I always wanted to talk about making the world better, and now the world says goodbye to Jim Brown. Also considered one of the greatest, if not greatest, lacrosse players of all time and a track and field star. Jim Brown, may he rest in peace. Pleasure to welcome in our friend Mark Anderson. joins us every other Monday, the great insider, the great journalist here in Las Vegas. Mark, I heard you ask a question with the Golden Knights. What's it been like covering the team this year? Tell me about going to a game or, or two and what you think this team has, the momentum they have coming off that Sunday afternoon win.
4: Yes, yeah, it's, it's been tremendous being out there. Um, I hadn't had a lot of experience covering Golden Knights games. I've been more as a spectator than a, mm-hmm. than a reporter. Uh, so I know what it's like out in the in the stands, but yeah, you know, just especially now with so much on the line, it's just a blast. Um, but yeah, it, it's just you know this, there's something about this team. Uh, you look at all the analytics and you're like, why are they still here? Uh, but uh, you know you, you can't fall you, you wouldn't think you can fall behind eight times and win those games. A lot of the other teams scored the first goal seven times and or ten times and win seven of those games. You know, but they do it, and uh, they just don't panic. And, and their defense is really good, and it's and it's so good that they don't need a goaltender to carry them. And uh, it seems like whoever they put in net gets the job done. Dayton Hill is doing even better than Basual was doing before him.
0: You make a good point. The defense is so good, and they got defenders who can score and jump into the zone, you know, get a slap shot on net that, that could get a rebound going that maybe could get a greasy goal for the Golden Knights. I think that is very important because the way Hill's playing – Jonathan Quick is a third stringer, and the fact that their goaltenders seem to be ready to play, and if they have to make a big save, I mean, we were there, that overtime victory, they almost scored. I mean, Dallas had a point-blank shot at the beginning of overtime, and then on the counter rush, Vegas is able to win that game. So good goaltending and defense really has been critical, especially with all the goal scorers that Vegas has. Marchessault, Carlson, Eichel, Stone. They got a lot of guys who can put the puck in the net, and the defense is helping on their end.
4: Yeah, and that's the thing. And you you look at other teams like you know the Oilers, for example. You know Dreisaitl and McDavid just clear stars. You know Jason Robertson, a star for Dallas. Uh, and and it's not that the, the the Knights don't have their their own stars, but they don't put up the numbers that maybe those other players do. But they don't need to. Uh, I mean, Eichel pretty much took over the third period yesterday mm-hmm. and didn't score a goal. Um, you know he he his, his, he assisted the the tying goal the forced overtime. But up until then, he was also just making plays up and down the ice. They kept the Knights alive. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for his play, they might have been down 3-1, 4-1, and then that last that last goal doesn't mean anything.
0: Mark Anderson joins us, our insider here on Raider Nation Radio. You know, Mark, how important is it for this town? We've been there, done that. The inaugural season, they went to the Cup, won the first game, and then lost four in a row. But the city remembers what that meant, especially coming off the shooting in the inaugural season. Now it's been you know a couple of years after that to get another trip to the Cup if they're able to put away Dallas. Do you think the city, everyone behind the scenes, media is going to look at it a little bit differently now, more of a mature team that can win?
4: Yeah, I think I think, both Knights fans are a little on edge right now. Not not assuming anything after two trips in a row, not including last year, two trips in a row before that to uh, the semifinals mm-hmm. and just and just their office, the Knights' office just disappearing and and losing to teams they probably shouldn't have lost to. So I think there's I think there's a little bit of cautious optimism right now among Knights fans. They want to see the team get back to the Stanley Cup final. I mean the crowd went crazy yesterday when mm-hmm. obviously the when Marshall scored a goal and then Chandler Stevenson's goal but but I just I just I just I just sense a nervous energy right now mm-hmm. uh because this fan the fans have been disappointed in the playoffs. Um for teams they thought could go all the way. And and if this team can get to the Stanley Cup final, I think you're going to get a closer sense to what was in the city in the first season, uh, that unbelievable run to the Stanley Cup final. And and this team, you know, this team has – there's no reason why this team can't win at all. They've got – you know, I'm just beyond impressed with the job Bruce Cassidy's done. And he just seems like every decision he makes is the right one.
0: Mark Anderson is our guest. You know, Mark, the economic impact on this one – fascinates me, because hockey's not as big as the NFL, and we'll talk baseball if the A's ever get here. I'm not going to do much of it until I see it happening. But when it comes to all the other big events here, from the rodeo to NASCAR, EDC, which isn't sports, but it feels like it because it's a massive event, the economic impact of... Two weeks in this town, because it feels like there's so many more locals connected to the Golden Knights out in Henderson and Summerlin and all points in between, that the impact it's going to have in all the restaurants, not only the casinos, the watch parties, all of that. I love this perfect storm, and the weather gets nicer, and it's the summertime, it's starting to get hot, and they're going to be playing hockey if they don't blow this series the finals will go another two weeks into mid June. That'll have a big effect on a lot of our partners, a lot of people we do business with and keeping this city humming on a national stage. I love it.
4: Yeah, and if you remember the first season when the Capitals came here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, how many Washington fans were there in a the lands? A lot. Yeah. So, you know, if it looks like Florida's gonna come out of these this year, but whether it's Florida Carolina, I think you're gonna get something similar. Um, maybe not to the to the you know, maybe not to the extent of the Capitals fans, because that's a you know a strong, that's mm-hmm. a really strong fan base, and that was a team that had been close for so long and finally broke through. So I think the, the, their fans are more than more than hungry to come out. So, but I do think you'll see see that impact. Um, and yeah, and just from the local fan base, I mean, this is truly a local team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you you've seen all the license plates around the valley with, with sure. the, the Vegas Golden Knights and the stickers and all that, so. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think I-, I think you will see more people going out to watch their games because you know once you get to the if they if they do make the final then that you do you get more people wanting to share the experience with other people rather than just watching your home or you know so I think I think you will see an mm-hmm. impact in that regard.
0: Wrapping up with Mark Anderson, Mark finally with the OTAs open to the media on Thursday. What are you most interested in now with the Raiders, considering what they've done in the offseason, the draft, free agency? knowing the coaches are back for another year. The scouting department, Dave Ziegler, spoke to us. He's been out there, so people have been able to hear him. What are you looking forward to and the opportunity to write about and talk about coming up on Thursday?
5: Well,
4: I just want to see how the offense comes together. Mm. You know, Obviously, Devontae Adams has been outspoken this post-offseason. Mm. Um, you know, I, I guess I just want to learn, is he fully bought in? Right. Um, you know, and if If he is, then and if Jimmy G can stay healthy, they have the chance to do some pretty good things this next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think if I do think Devontae Adams is pretty good about when it comes time to work, he works. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. really worried about him being a cancer in the locker room or anything like that. Uh, but I do think, I do think he has to be concerned that he's not all that thrilled with their off season. And, And I don't know what you do to address that, but obviously it's something hanging over the team right now.
0: Yeah, we're going to see if that plays out, because as of now I think it's pretty much nothing. It's one article, and uh, Devontae seems to be pretty active in the community here, but uh you and many others will have an opportunity to sit down and talk to him or ask him a question at a mandatory press conference or an OTA press conference it's going to be interesting to see what he has to say mark a uh, last one before you go this tom brady story do you think it's big everyone reporting he'll be a minority owner they'll have to approve it through the owners meetings how do you think that's going to go over in this town in general
4: uh i yeah, i think it's you know i don't know i, I, hmm. I kind i kind of think it's overblown a little bit to okay. with you because it's not like he's going to be you know Influencing trades or anything like that, I just don't really see that. Um, you know, Mark mm-hmm. Davis is still running the team. Dave Ziegler is still making you know the the personnel mm-hmm. decisions. I, I just don't see Tom Brady walking in and and just trying to you know do too much or mm-hmm. go get out of his lane or anything like that. But it's he's obviously a huge name and certainly a lot of Raiders fans are you know are mm-hmm. not crazy about the idea of Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. of any part of the team but you know I, you know I, and I, I get it but you know that that, that play the tough role play that wasn't his fault you know, he took advantage of it mm. but that that wasn't his fault it was the official call and so I mean I, to hold that against Tom Brady is not something I've ever really completely understood
0: thank you mark talk to you in a couple of weeks i'll probably see you Thursday. thanks
4: yeah look forward to it jT thank all right
0: you. Mark Anderson always nice to have him on what a great journalist real epic career in this town here very respected. I would never tell a Raider fan to get over the tuck rule. Never. That's not that's, – I was there. I, I was there doing the show at Ricky's in the parking lot. That was one of the more difficult memories I ever have, being outside on a stage with the Raiders I thought were going to go to the Super Bowl and lost on the tuck rule. But I, I know of all Brady's success off the field, and that's part of branding. And Mark Davis left Oakland to come to Vegas for a number of reasons. But one of the big economic impacts – of what the Raiders are doing now is they're making an enormous amount of money. They're making a lot of money because of the stadium as a cash cow for concerts, other events and for the Raiders and what they're able to do here in town and the merchandise and all these issues is a big deal to give the Raiders an advantage. Now they haven't taken advantage of it yet. I think they did with Devontae. You know, you got to pick up some big salaries and give up a couple draft picks with Devontae Adams, but this new group, the head coach and the GM wanted to clean out this roster, get their guys in. They seem to be set now with the players that they want, who have been here from the former regime, right? They've almost gotten rid of all of them. There's a few left. Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, for obvious reasons, there's some good players here. But what's going to happen next with Tom Brady? I don't know what his influence will be, but his influence will be Las Vegas. And the whole country, when he gets officially announced, when they vote on this, it's going to be a massive story because of his brand, being arguably the most important winner in NFL history. He is. He's the only one with seven Super Bowls. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. To be involved on the business front with Mark Davis, with the Aces and the Raiders, I think it can only help business. Now, Raider fans don't want to talk business. Raider fans want to talk wins and losses, and I'm aware of that. That's why I try to talk about the games. We talk sports more on this show, but as a national topic, Tom Brady picking Las Vegas, I think he could go anywhere. I would have guessed... Miami with Stephen Ross because they both went to Michigan, and Stephen Ross is one of the r- richest owners in the sport and deeply tied to Michigan when Tom played. Rob B- Robert Kraft, you would think that would have been a slam dunk for the Patriots, for him to have ownership in the Patriots. And then Vegas pops up out of nowhere because, as I can tell you this honestly, Mark gets along with a lot of people. He gets along with that. Mark's real easy to be around if you know him. People want to be around Mark Davis. I don't care if it's a cigar bar, it's at an event. He's walking around these casinos. He's going to dinner. He's engaging fans and he's engaging these athletes. And there's a picture out there now trending of Tom Brady with uh, Marcel Reese, former Raider fullback, and Mark when they're at UFC years ago, and everybody made a big thing about that friendship. And to have good friends. Maybe every once in a while, a friend is going to want to invest in your company. Happens all the time to Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. Everybody else, Mark Zuckerberg, people want to invest in situations where they believe the brand will make more money. The Raiders are going to make an enormous amount of money being in Vegas. They are. It's a cash cow. It's a machine. The suites, the tickets, everything involving this. And it's just starting. Now it would be nice if the Raiders went out and won double-digit games every year. And they're trying to do that. The former regime, this current regime, is trying to stabilize the roster financially to get there and do it every year and that's what they've all said. And this new group has new eyeballs on it, and they seem to be knowing what they want to do from a personnel perspective. Now the players have to go out and execute the game plan and win games. And that's hard. And the schedule's not easy. Schedule's not easy. And they're going to have to get out of the gate quickly, and they're going to have to win some of these first four games. They got to split, they got to go 3 and 1, they got to go 2 and 2 out of the gate. They got to jump on the schedule early. Because there's a portion after the fourth or fifth game where they can get on a run and win four out of five, three out of four, and have this city in the palm of their hands. But it's going to take a fresh start and a good start and a healthy team to make that happen. Last call for phone calls. 702-365-9200. If you're a Golden Knight fan, just watching on TV or a season ticket holder, we welcome you to come in. If you're a Raider fan, you want to tie in Tom Brady as a minority owner, Today would be a good day to do it. And we're also paying tribute to Jim Brown. We would look forward to another couple of Jim Brown calls before we wrap it up. 702-365-9200 as we pay respects to 32.
5: I'm spreading the same message that uh, Frank Jordan, president of the NAACP, is spreading, that we as a community have to reinvest in our young people.
0: Jim Brown, actor and activist, in San Diego at the invitation of the well, NAACP of all, to talk up the American program. He started it to redirect the lives of gang members.
5: Every negative category with the young men that, that I chose to deal with, prisons, inner cities. You change that around, you're cost-effective. You deal with the predators, they turn their lives around, you can build a culture once again.
0: Jim Brown, on the work that he did in prisons, he spent a lot of time in prisons trying to talk to people and change them so when they came out of prison through AmeriCAN, his program there, they have a trade, a job, and they could be productive members of society. JT, back with you on Raider Nation Radio. I want to thank our great friends here, great partner, as always, the Black Hole uh, go to theblackhole.com Become a member That's really what we're trying to do here with them They're going to have parties and tailgates and road trips We know that But be a member of the black hole That's really important to me If you could listen to this show and say Oh my god, I didn't understand I could be in the black hole Yeah, you can and You get a membership card You get a t-shirt you're a part of the Black Hole. That will change your vision of being a Raider fan going forward. You'll be a part of that crew, and you'll feel real good about it. Uh, go to blackhole.com. All the information's there really quick. it takes take you five minutes, and you're a member of the Black Hole, and I think you're really going to thank us for that because you're going to go to a game on the road or here in Vegas, and you're going to feel even more connected than you have in the past. So we're looking back at Jim Brown's life. This was part of a conversation that Bobby found that I had with him that TMZ picked up on. A few years ago, my conversation with Jim Brown. Jim Brown joins us. Jim, you've known and you've sat down with many presidents over your life. When this current president gets political with the game that you played at the highest level, the NFL, and comments on this, are you able to comment? Do you sit back and watch this? Are you concerned of the message coming from the White House?
5: Well, I'll tell you, man, it's very confusing, JT it's hard to know the good guys and the bad guys i should be criticizing trump on every level because he does certain things that cause for criticism but when i look at television and i see all of these announcers become experts and they're pointing their fingers and they're not doing a doggone thing but pointing their fingers i find myself really pulling for a president now that will make me very unpopular in the black community very unpopular with a lot of americans but I think that there are certain good things that are coming out of this presidency, because it, we've never seen anything like it. I mean, uh, there's confusion. A lot of people are retiring. A lot of people are giving their uh, 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 opinions. And we have to really deep down dig deep down inside to come up with the right kind of an answer. But here's my answer to all who wants to criticize me or who don't believe that I'm a good American. I believe that I have to work on myself first to be as good a person as I can be, to back up my country in the best way I know how. And the second situation, I should be helpful to those people who need help that don't have life as good as I have it. And if I do those two things, then I think I'm making my contribution.
0: Right. so that was Jim Brown with me. Was it 2018? We're going back, so it was a while ago there, but very important because he said Jim Brown didn't care. I mean, he cares about his legacy and his family and his wife and kids a lot. And he, he does. I, I know that to be true. But if, if you criticized him because of his political views, do you really think that he cared much about the fact he said if, if he's backing the president at that time, President Trump, when he was at war with the NFL, that wasn't going to affect Jim Brown's legacy. He has opinions. He had opinions with JFK. He had opinions with Dwight Eisenhower. He had opinions with other presidents, Reagan, over the years. So he wasn't the type of guy who was going to balk and get pushed around because he said something political. And he he spoke a lot about politics. And as we're wrapping up the show today, that was one of the biggest shocks about my friendship with Jim Brown. when When he said, and my mentor, Andrew Ashwood, said, go put a deal together with Jim Brown. And back at the time, it was about $500 an interview. And I had a budget once a week on Fox Sports Radio you know, to get an NFL insider. So they gave all the shows a budget. And I went to him and I said, what if I can get Jim Brown? And he goes, how much money do you need? I go, I don't know. I'm probably five, seven, six hundred bucks a week. At the time, that wasn't a lot of money. And Jim Brown could have said, no, you know, give me ten thousand or two thousand. And Jim said, fine, I'm just going to donate the money. I'm just going to donate the money and fine. But we did that and I took my whole budget and gave it to Jim Brown. And he was appreciative of that for me because he was going to do something with the money. I don't know what he did with it. Don't know what he did. He bought lunch. He bought, went into the inner city. But None of my business. But he would sign those contracts with me. And the one time I'm sitting in his backyard, he looks at me and he says, you know the rule. I go, what? He goes, we don't talk sports. I said, whoa, that's not going to be easy. He's the greatest running back of all time. We're doing a deal throughout the whole NFL schedule. And he did not want to talk about sports. He was not going to jump on a sports talk show and watch football games and break down what happened in a football game. He mentioned the Cleveland Browns from time to time and all that. And the other story that I'd like to share, which I'm very proud of, and don't get a chance to bring it up, is the time that I asked him when was the last time he took hooked up with Mr. Davis, Al Davis. And he said it was close to a decade. And I couldn't believe that because of the Hall of Fame. And I said, do you mind if I put you back together again and in touch? And he said, sure. And called over to Mr. Davis, got a secretary. She called me back, said, make it happen. And I brought Jim Brown to Al Davis's box. And we, they, I introduced them, and I'll say what I said. I just said, Mr. Davis, Mr. Brown is here. And Mr. Davis said, wow, the greatest of all time. There he is, Jim Brown. And they kind of laughed and walked together. I walked in the next room. They mic'd me up. And we did a TV interview with Jim Brown after that. And he was on cloud nine connecting with Mr. Davis again. That is a day that I'll never forget at the Oakland Coliseum because they had lost touch, but they were very tight. You know, you're getting up there. Both of them were getting up there in age. And to to see that happen, which, which was cool. And then the final story was not this last time when I met Jim to say goodbye to him in Canton, Ohio. But one of the other times before that, I reached out to him. I told him I was in Canton. And he said, come by the room. And I came by the room that he was staying at. And at that time, they just changed the Holiday Inn from the McKinley Grand. And they put the players in the Holiday Inn. And I came there. And I didn't have a pass to get in the hotel. And I said I'm here to see Jim Brown, and they called up to the room and they said go ahead and they gave me the room number. I knocked on the door, and he was sitting there at a table in his suite with his wife, and she was doing things. And we talked for about 10 minutes. And just said how you doing. We took a picture, gave him a hug, and that was it. But he didn't have to bring me up to his room. He didn't have to do that. And he, he picked up the phone every time I called him. So a couple of Jim Brown stories. The guy deserves a tribute. And I hope that we told a couple of stories here. We took a a couple of phone calls, and people were able to talk about the impact that he had on football. He had more of an impact on life than he did on football. Not everyone's a fan of Jim Brown. I understand why. But I felt that the little things that I could do over my career with him was just to raise awareness of what he did off the field. Tremendous legacy, man, in sports. Wow. There aren't many athletes today, and there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of great athletes today who do many things you don't know about, you won't believe what Jim Brown did that no one knows about. Some of the stories that he was involved with and the people that he helped out along the way, really similar to what Mr. Davis did, Al Davis, and what Mark tries to do, but what Al Davis did when he did a lot of things privately behind the scenes with his former players and families that no one knew about. He did it in silence to help out others. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. James Schmidt Smith, nice to talk to him to recap the fight. I thought Lomachenko won. He didn't. It went to Haney. Uh, awesome time, talking to Harry Ruiz and Mark Anderson, two of our insiders. We're off tomorrow for Aviators Baseball, which we have a partnership with them here. And I'll be back on Thursday, Raiders Golf Tournament on Wednesday. Thursday's a big day, as we'll be over at the facility with Q. We'll have a Raiders Roundtable, a new podcast, and I'll host a show from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Looking forward to that. Uh, Q's on deck. Appreciate him. And uh, they're going to have a great show, and I'll see you back here. In a couple of days. What a weekend. Journey into the fight. Into the Golden Knights victory. And my voice is taking a beating for it. If you get a chance, I'm on tonight from 4 to 7 p.m. On Mad Dog Sports Radio. That's Sirius XM 82. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Greatly appreciate you listening.